0: Hey everybody, this is Brian coming at you from late 2022. You're about to listen to one of the original episodes of the Internet History Podcast, a project I started way back in 2014. It eventually became a book called How the Internet Happened, From Netscape to the iPhone, written by me, but these are the original chapters and interviews I did for that book. So here you have all the original oral history interviews, the original players of the internet era in their own words. You'll get hours more detail and stories here than I was able to even fit in the book. If you like this podcast, buy the book but also the podcasts stand on their own. Almost 300 hours of original source material of internet history. They've been downloaded about 3 million times over the years. And if you like what you hear here, search and subscribe to what I do today, the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast, a daily tech news podcast I've been doing since 2018. Basically, the Tech Meme Ride Home podcast is the history of the internet every day in real time. Welcome to the Internet History Podcast. I'm your host, as always, Brian McCullough. Apologies for the brief summer vacation these last couple weeks, but we're back with a great episode. Angelica Fullerman is a designer who worked early on with BookSense.com and then got hired by Audible early on. So this is the early story of Audible for the first time. It's funny. Audio... Streaming music, podcasts, audiobooks, it seems so obvious now. But when you look back, it really is funny to think about how off the wall all of this stuff seemed before the smartphone. You mean books on tape will be a thing? My thanks to Angelica Fullerman. Angelica Fulaman, thanks for coming on the Internet History Podcast.
1: Yeah, thanks for having me. Uh,
0: So you're uh, you're a designer, Um, I guess, graphic designer mostly, like you got a BFA in um, graphic communications and you've you worked in publishing and you've done book covers and CD-ROM covers and things like that. Um, I'm curious, uh, when the web came around and, and got popular in the early mid-90s, um, I know you eventually uh, work with web companies and things like that, but ha- I, I've not actually been able to ask this question of anyone before. What do you think that the impact of the web was on things like graphic design?
1: Hmm. Well, that's that's definitely interesting. Um, Well, I mean, it was very interesting to go into publishing and then uh, switch over to web design because, you know, desktop publishing was, you know, transformed uh, publishing, and then HTML is kind of based off of desktop publishing. So it was kind of, it was interesting to see that progression and you know it's I don't think it's as big of a split as it used to be but there's still there's still designers that just exclusively do print and exclusively do web and since the platforms are very different there's um, a different mentality of how to approach it and it has and it's been interesting to see kind of how the web web design
0: has influenced print design mm-hmm. Well so you, it you, definitely mm-hmm. you mentioned uh, though th- th- there's this split like early on was there a split because of like the constraints I-, I even remember this of like you know early versions of html and things like that there's literally things you can't do you know even as dumb as like centering images and text and things like that so Like, um, when the web comes along, is it that desktop publishing, you could do so many more things, and then the web and HTML and CSS and things like that had to catch up?
1: Oh, yeah. No, definitely, um, because you could barely do anything in the beginning. Like, it was very, very constraining, and, you know, you only had 256 colors, and you only had tables, and so, you know, if you wanted to do real design, you know, that's, that's in print where, where you can do anything, you know. Um, but with the web, especially in the beginning, you were very, very limited. Um, and I think those limitations kind of affected how, especially in the beginning, like how web design developed and created, a, you know, those constraints kind of, I think, created a certain look look and feel as you know as it progressed
0: in what way is that a positive way like you know uh, sometimes constraints are are good for the creative process
1: yeah no i would definitely say um it was in the it, it was in the positive in the beginning it was very constrained but then um you know as it uh, continued to broaden then it was it's it was interesting to see like how like print and web were kind of like playing off each other a little bit i found i definitely found that very interesting i think there's like david carson was a really uh like early on a designer who became famous for doing uh website design and a lot of his design work and uh look and feel was then i started seeing it go into uh print design
0: well and then um a lot of the I've spoken to a lot of people on the show about how much you know some of the basic um, conceptual ideas of how web pages were designed were taken out of uh, the print world you know even the whole concept of doing banner ads and having above the fold and things like that and above the fold in the web world being the scroll down on the screen and things like that so early on like it's it's almost like because there is no template the only template that designers could pull from would be print right
1: yeah no definitely and there was a lot of people um who well, like in the beginning nobody knew what they were doing so um they're just figuring it out but um there were some time when uh, the industry was developing or had developed somewhat then uh people would enter with um like just the print print background And then would do uh, try to do web design. And then you could kind of see that they were trying to, they didn't quite understand how it was built. Like, I don't profess to, like, understand exactly how anything's built these days because it's just so, you know, freaking complicated. But um, it was definitely interesting to see, like, the mentality that you had to kind of, you know, you kind of had to rewire your brain a bit um in order to approach it and i know with print i mean it's all about you know uh doing press checks and um understanding how printing works and then you know you have like 300 dpi like huge files and for you know for for web it's only uh 72 dpi um that you have to prep for now of course with with, you know, really high res screens, like, you know, in, uh on the iPhone and stuff. Um, that, that res is now changed to become, you know, higher, but, um, now yeah, it's, it, it's been interesting.
0: So when do you, um, start to do some of your first web and digital work? Is it the, um, is it the book com project?
1: Um, no, um, That's definitely an early one. Uh, Let's see. I was at McGraw-Hill for three years, and then uh, CD-ROMs came out, and I was like, ooh, those are cool. Mm -hmm. So let me look around and see if I can get a job uh, doing that. And then when I finally kind of was starting to look, it was starting to die. And then the web kind of uh, grew up, um, you know, from its ashes, as as it were. And then um, I started working um, at a startup called Small World Software, and it was started by uh, three guys, and it was on the Upper West Side. Mm -hmm. And I don't know, it was about 20 people, and they had a, a fantasy football platform. Um, that was built by their division of uh, Small World Software, mm-hmm. and so they did that. And then the other half was, you know, doing you know agency work.
0: Um, so skipping ahead a little bit, uh, but feel free to fill me in if I'm missing an important uh, transition. Um, how how do you come to work at Audible? Is it, Audible Audible's always been mm-hmm. East Coast based, right? Yes, always. Well, actually, you know what? Let me let me let me circle back before I ask you how you joined Audible. Um, could you fill me in um, just from your uh, perspective and your how, how it was told to you? Just the the story of Audible and, and um, the company as it existed before you got there.
1: Ah, uh, okay. Um, <clears throat> well, I hadn't he- I heard about Audible. Um, I was working at an interactive agency. Uh, that was um, small world software got bought by an agency and then we merged and became huge and stuff, and they um, hired uh, a, a developer, and uh, we started chatting, and then he mentioned that he had worked at Audible, and I'm like, what's that? And so he, you know, he's telling me about it, and he actually had one one of the original um, uh, Audible players. And so he was like showing it to me and like you know describing kind of what he did and everything like that. So that was kind of like the first time I heard about it. And no, that was maybe 1998,
0: mm-hmm. 99. Can you uh, um, let me let me just interject real quick? So um, again, this is 1998, 99. So MP3 players aren't even on the scene yet. So you're, you're describing Audi, uh, Audible created its own player. Like can you describe yeah. that to me, like what it was?
1: Well, it was either you know, uh by default people will kinda of say it's like an MP three player. It's not. It's like a digital audio player. So um Audible had its own format and I know it grew out of um the phone company and their technology because um that was the the first people that were um, dealing with compression and I think you know uh, with Bell Labs and everything like that that started like in the 30s or something and um, so yeah so it wasn't an MPT player it was um, a format that Audible uh, came up with.
0: How did you get the, how did someone get the audio on the, to the device?
1: Um, yeah, It was a PC and it was through Audible Manager um, that, that that was software that they they had developed.
0: But it was small enough that I could carry it around with me.
1: Yes. Oh, yeah. Like, uh, let me see. I'm looking at my phone. You know, it's. I think it's slightly wider and taller than uh, the iPhone 7. And definitely fatter. You know, I mean, the real player, it, it kind of was mm. that, that form figure. Mm-hmm. Yeah.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. That side. And so, um, uh, again, I think Aud- Audible was founded like in '95 or something like that. Uh, Don Katz um, and <clears throat> you know, they, they I think they went public in the the dot com era and things like that. But um, yep. and 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 we'll, we'll we'll get to this idea <laughs> definitely about like being too soon or something like that. But so when you hear about it and and when you um, when you maybe even get recruited to Audible, like what's the state of the company? Is it um, something that seems like an up and comer, something that's exciting to you?
1: Well, that's, that's definitely an interesting uh, question because I started there like, let's see, uh, February of 2001. So that was like six months before September 11th. And it was kind of, Like, things have been starting to, you know, go down in the stock market um, in New York and, you know, where all the, you know, the the agencies were. And um, so I was actually lucky to have switched, I always felt, um, in February of 2001 because um, and that I found a job actually in New Jersey versus uh, in New York City. Because, like, once September 11th happened, like, all the jobs basically disappeared. It was kind of like the 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 death nail, mm-hmm. you know, on the door, as it were. Because I knew a lot of people who were, you know, let go around that time. And they didn't get jobs for, like, you know, years. Like, at least in the industry. So they had to, like, switch to something else.
0: Um, so the so the dot com bubble has burst or is in the process of bursting and like you said it's the sort of the nail in the coffin uh but the this is also so 2001 it's it's september 2001 that the iPod is first released um so when you join the company like what is their status are they maybe one of those dot com companies that's on the verge of maybe going under are they seeing that there could be this new sort of portable device universe, this gadgetry universe that we're familiar with now on the horizon? What, before we get into what you do when you join, um, what is the state of the company when you join?
1: Um, well, that's also an interesting uh, question because, like, I had been laid off from the interactive agency, and so I was just, like, a little gunshot. So I was interviewing Audible, and then I, was, I asked, I was, like, well, how's the company doing, you know, blah, blah, blah. And so I was reassured that everything was fine. And then I think three, oh, I can't remember, but it seemed uh, pretty shortly after, like maybe two months later, uh, they had uh, 40% layoff.
0: Yeah, very common at the time. <laughs> and, and by the way, yes. <laughs> luck, lucky that it's not 90% or 100%. Um, so,
1: that, that's very true.
0: So what are you hired to do?
1: Um I was a grafted, de- you know, web designer. Um there was like God. I think when the layoffs happened, I think I was uh I was the only one standing <laughs> for a little while. Um and I reported into the marketing director.
0: Uh how yeah. how from your perspective how and why did Audible survive? Oh,
1: how did they survive?
0: Yeah, for, from this era specifically like if if people are going down and And it seems to be – there's layoffs happening. It seems to be a little questionable. So, like, what's the thing that that keeps Audible alive while you're there?
1: Well, I think uh, one thing – and I'm not sure if this uh, is true or not. But, you know, I saw, like, in New York City, people were buying huge spaces, you know, um, like, you know, paying huge amounts of rent. Um, and then, you know, the bubble burst and then they're stuck with these, you know, um, these leases and everything like that. And Audible never had offices in New York City. They always had, uh, the main office, well, now it's in Newark, but before that it was always in Wayne, New Jersey, you know, just in a regular office building. So I'm sure that rent was a hell of a lot cheaper than, you know, being in a building in New York City. So I always felt that that just in itself is just like just not having that overhead. Um, but I don't know. I always felt that that was, um, you know, something that was was good. Mm-hmm. So that, that was definitely helpful. But um, I would say, I don't know. Um, I would say... I mean, the godsend basically was that, you know, the iPod came out because Mm -hmm. like MP3 players at the time, like they were kind of just for techies, you know, and and it was kind of marketed and described that way. So, um, and, you know, they were okay looking, but they weren't anything like really snazzy. Um, And then the iPod came out and they basically said, you know, um, a thousand songs in your pocket. And people could understand what that meant, you know, and it was a sell. Because, like, before that, like, when we were trying to sell, all, you know, the Audible, you know, audiobooks, um, people would always say, like, well, what's an MP3? They didn't even know what that format Mm -hmm. was Mm -hmm. or what it was. So we had to tell people, like, no, you're not going to get cassettes or CDs in the mail. This is this digital audio format that you download and listen on a portable player, and w- which was, you know, nobody knew what that was in the beginning.
0: I was going to say that was always part of Audible. Like it wasn't, uh, you know, books on dot com. It was always it, it, and I'm even thinking of this like in relation to. Netflix and how they're like, well, we did start with, you know, DVDs by mail, but we eventually always wanted to get to digital delivery. Audible was always digital delivery from day one, right? Yeah. Yes, definitely. Mm -hmm. Um, So I, I'm, I, I'm assuming that a huge deal was when um, audible signs uh, a deal with Apple. And I think 2004 to, to bring audiobooks into the iTunes music store.
1: Yeah, I'm not sure of the exact date, but yeah, yeah. I mean, um, Apple came to, to Audible. Um, it wasn't the other way around.
0: And so is that, again, um, you know, from, from, from your perspective, is that when all of a sudden like the business, um, again, almost it, the idea of being too soon, but like all of a sudden, okay, now this is the ecosystem that, that we are supposed to exist in. Mm-hmm.
1: Yeah, I mean, we just, you know, there was a fabulous player. And then also, people just, you know, I mean, we rode the wave, definitely. Uh, you know, the iPod took off, and we kind of like paralleled it up. Definitely.
0: So I'm, I'm curious. So like, you, you're, you guys are aware of that, um, that, okay, um, once we're in the iTunes store, sales are starting to take off, like, finally, the thing that we've been promising for uh, almost a decade is is actually happening.
1: Yeah, I'd say so. Yeah. I mean, there was phenomenal growth.
0: Um, Do you leave before the Amazon acquisition happens?
1: Yeah, I leave a year before. So I Uh, leave in 2007.
0: um, Did did you have any sense of something like that, that uh, Audible's destiny is probably to be acquired by somebody like Amazon or maybe Apple?
1: Well, uh, all the time I was at Audible um we were talking like, is it going to be Amazon or Apple who's going to mm-hmm. buy us? <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. I mean, maybe, maybe we were just like, oh, you know, we don't know. Would it be this or would it be that? So it was always kind of like we would always kind of think about it and like chat about it.
0: Um, I, uh, I'm specifically talking to you to, to talk about the idea of, um, audio on a uh, digital audio and audio as a component of the web and things like that. Is there something that, um, you saw that, that Audible had an understanding of that, you know because when when the web starts it's like it's the idea of this multimedia it's you can get video you can do this and that so and and the fact that text and things like that are you know totally searchable and that's how google has organized the web and things like that so one of the things that i'm kind of poking at in this project is how audio kind of stands outside of things there's there's no youtube for audio necessarily you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. So I'm just curious, mm-hmm. um, at the time, did Audible have some sort of an understanding of audio in a digital era that um, maybe even people haven't realized yet? Like, I Actually, <laughs> I'm having a hard time even forming a, a coherent question on this. Maybe, Maybe your perspective on what how audio works, um, in the digital era, not music, but like stories and books and spoken word and things like that.
1: Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, I mean, when I, uh, I don't know if this exactly answers your question, but, um, you know, when I started there, I didn't really think that much about, you know, I was a big reader, you know? Um, and I was just like, I was always thinking like, well, why would I want to listen to it? you know it's like I'd rather read it and um then you know I was able to get you know content for free um you know a comp account so I started listening um in the car and um I ended up uh really enjoying it because it's it's the book um uh, but it's also uh the narrator as well And the a narrator can either make or break the audio recording of the book, and um, so it's it's an interesting kind of like you know like uh, somebody's telling you the story, um, and you know you're on the go and everything like that, so the experience is very different than uh reading a book and like sometimes even like if especially if it's a humorist um there's uh Bill Bryson is a fantastic narrator of his book oh it's fabulous and it's just like it like transforms the book into something you know a lot more you know engaging than if you were just reading it so
0: are you are you um, are you still an are you an Audible customer today? Mm-hmm, yeah. Um, thank you, Angelica, for sharing the Audible story with us, and um, thanks for sharing a little bit of context in terms of uh, graphic design and the history of the early web.
1: Oh, thanks very much, Brian.
0: If you like what you've heard on this episode, please support us by subscribing to the podcast, so you can get great news stories and conversations every two weeks. And please buy the book that was based on this podcast, How the Internet Happened, From Netscape to the iPhone, by me, Brian McCullough. Order it now wherever books are sold, How the Internet Happened. And if you weren't aware, I host a daily tech news podcast every weekday that comes out at 5 p.m. In that show, I tell you what happened that day in the world of tech. It's only 15 to 20 minutes long, And it's great if you love tech news. Search your podcast app for Ride Home to find the show. It's called The Tech Meme Ride Home. Thanks.